I think so often we we want a better life, but we don't necessarily have the resources or the means or the tools or techniques to get there. And coaching and mindfulness are great tools for people to start this process and journey so that they can really become more empowered. Hello and welcome to Get Carried Away. And today I'm getting carried away with a doctor, Dr. Cindy Sai. She is an author, TEDx speaker, mindfulness teacher, wellness and life coach. And in her free time, she's playing golf. You can find her on a golf course. What's your batting average? What do you say for golf? I don't know. Handicap. Handicap. What's your handicap in golf? Um, I would say maybe about 20, 25. Is that good? It's okay. It's decent. I've been playing since I was very young. I saw but, that. That's exciting. <laughs> but I haven't really kept up with it. So, and oh. I also don't know very many women who play. Okay. Well, my mom is a huge golf fan oh. and her group of women, and they're in their seventies and they're called the pink ladies. Oh. And the four of them go out. Don't get me wrong. There are times when they just pick up the ball and throw it. <laughs> Taking too many strokes, I guess. You can't slow the rate of play or something like that, but you'll see them all in pink with their pink visor, their pink, the things that go in the clubs, their bags, their, their cart has a pink ribbon around it. And I think at the end they drink pink champagne. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. (laughs) But enough about golf. Welcome. Thank you for joining me and getting carried away. Thanks for having me, Carrie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited about your topic. Her topic is three must-have skills to pivot with success and ease. And I'll tell you what, during the pandemic, everyone was a pivoting princess. It almost became a drinking game. Every time you heard the word pivot, we were like, drink, Um, because I'm bra meetings everywhere. And he's Zoom calls. We're like, I'm pivoting, I'm pivoting. But I think pivoting is healthy, right? Like you need to keep growing and evolving and changing and everything. But my first question is this. When, if I would have talked to Cindy at 10 years old, would she have said, I'm going to be a mindfulness coach when I grow up? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) What would she have said? She probably would have said, I want to be a doctor because that was really what I've always wanted to be ever since I was young. Gotcha. You always wanted to study medicine, be a doctor, look at the blood and all the things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not so into the procedural stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was always very health and health conscious from a young age. Like I would be drinking water instead of juice or soda. Like I just, Mm -hmm. for some reason really was very interested in being healthy and well. And my, my, my father was a surgeon. So medicine was around me when I was growing up and I thought it was a really great way to help people And I also loved the science part of the things, you know, how the body works and just getting nerdy about that kind of stuff. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, being a doctor makes a lot of sense. I'm just going to focus on doing that. So that was like my, my focus, really. I I never really allowed myself to explore, so to speak. Other things like, Mm -hmm. gotcha. And and then what made you pivot? What made you in that transition of practicing medicine 
think there's must be something more. I, I, I mean, was it your, your experience with your patients? What made you made the transition into entrepreneurship? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely along the way, saw many, many patients really heard their stories, but also when I got sick myself, Mm. it really was a wake up call. So I want you to imagine just waking up one day and not being able to see. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Oh my gosh. How old were you? I was towards the end of residency training. So I was in my late twenties. Did you know what it was when that happened? Did you have, even with your like training and experience? No. So that's actually what I'm sharing in my TEDx talk, that journey, because, you know, as a physician, the first thing I wanted to do was to figure out what was wrong and diagnose myself. Sure. (laughs) Ran through a list of diagnoses and all the things. I went to see the eye doctor and found that my prescription increased threefold overnight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they were like, well, this is interesting. And it's, you know, you don't want to be interesting to a doctor. No, (laughs) that's not a good word to hear. (laughs) And so, um, it, it just started this a couple of days later, you know, found out that I actually had this autoimmune condition impacting my eyes that could have led to full blindness. Wow. Yes. And so that really prompted me to slow down mm-hmm. and to really learn to listen to my own body, mm-hmm. right? Because our body has its own intelligence. It's always talking to us and we need to pay attention to these messages. And so it was really in my own healing journey that I came across many different modalities in addition to Western medicine to help with healing and wellness and specifically integrative medicine, where you really take that integrative comprehensive approach. You look at the root cause and, you know, you bring in different components and modalities. And I really, it really resonated with me because I knew that I wanted to do more than just prescribe medications as a band-aid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that. I, I do feel like we are very prescription heavy, right? It's like, yeah, take a pill, take a pill. And we're not really, I know when I see my general practitioner, I, I, I see the nurse much longer than I see her. Um, but it is yeah. very much like you feel like you're going through a checkbox and there's not a lot of like, well, how are you feeling? Or like, you know, like what's, know. What's, what's your stress level? Did you experience that when you were going through your eyesight discovery, I guess, trying to diagnose that? Yeah. Well, I think for me, it really, I gave myself permission to assemble a team of practitioners who truly listened and recognizing that it's not one size fits all. Um, I did start taking these immunosuppressants, steroids, medications, to help because it was very acute, right? So I absolutely think that there's a time and place. Western medicine has many, many beneficial parts to it, right? But I also didn't want to have to take medications for the rest of my life. Right. I can help it. And so it really started this whole journey. I had always been into self-help, self-development, but I think that when I got sick myself, it really prompted me to dive deeper into my own journey of, well, 
what am I really doing? Is this what I want to do? All of these big questions. Sure. And thankfully have been able to recover and heal through working with all these different practitioners, specialists, all these things. And just, I mean, I'm incredibly grateful. And I know that I have so much experience, resources, and training and want to be able to share this with others. That's incredible. And how long from that morning you woke up, did you regain your sight? Well, I was able to, it got better definitely as soon as I started the medications within months, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my vision had improved to my original prescription, um, for almost there, but it was based, but then I was on the medications, right? right? Like as a way to tamper the inflammation and all the things. And so that's why in my TEDx talk, I share that the quick fix is not a fix. It's so true. It's so, so true. Um, now, can we find this TEDx talk? <laughs> I'm hoping that it will be available by the time this episode is out. Um, Amazing. It's, yeah, I'll keep everyone posted. Um, it happened September 24th in Riverside. Oh, that's so exciting. Uh, well, so we'll much. definitely add it to the show notes here. When you get the link and everything, no matter whenever you get it, we're, definitely. We'll, we'll definitely link it out to you because it sounds like a really good story. So, and I don't want to spoil the ending. <laughs> Yeah, she's seeing me right now. (laughs) But I was looking at your website. um, And one thing that really kind of stuck out to me was this sentence, because I have felt this way many times. And you wrote, I learned the importance of fulfilling my duty and how to how to maintain harmony, regardless of my true feelings. And I feel like that is not only have I felt that way, um, how much maybe as women, maybe as how we're raised. culturally, how we can easily just compartmentalize our own selves for the sacrifice of everyone else's happiness. How, what, what made you curious about that? What, how, how were you kind of like, had that light bulb moment moment? Cause it took me a while to get to the point was where I was like, I would stand in traffic at my own, you know, my own cost to make sure that everyone else was eating or whatever, you know, like, yeah. tell me about that part of growing. Was it when you were growing up? In college? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so I am the youngest of four daughters. And there's a huge age gap between me and my sisters. And I was actually unplanned. Oh, surprise. <laughs> yes. And growing up, I held on to this belief that I was an accident, that I was a mistake. Mm. And I think it really prompted me to develop this high achieving perfectionist tendency, right? Because it was almost like a way to prove my worth and prove my value to my family, to everyone around me. And I think it's common, right? Depending on culture, conditioning, also social media, the news, like everything, right? I think for women, we get all these messages all the time. And so, yeah, so it really takes a a pause to really notice this pattern, right? When you're constantly on this treadmill, chasing after that achievement, that raise, that title, right? Yeah. All the things. And then I think up to a certain point, you're like, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. 
And for me, I think definitely my health crisis was a big part of this also. And also just when I finally finished medical training and had a great job, you know, love the people, my team, all the things like things look great on the surface, Mm -hmm. but there would be moments where I would just not be that happy. Yeah. Did it take you a while to realize that, that you weren't happy? I think it was always there, but over time, the volume got louder. Ah, if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause when it's just like a little whisper, you kind of can just wave it off and you're mm-hmm. like, you know, d- distract yourself, do something else. And, um, I think there's also another part, another side of this where when you do have a lot of things going well for you, I often see clients, women say that they feel really guilty. Yes. Mm-hmm. For not being grateful or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it's just, it's about honoring who you are and giving yourself permission to explore that piece. Right. Yeah. I think it's very, I see that among, you know, I, I'm a former teacher, so it was something I loved getting into. And, and, and then I, when I became a principal, I did not love it, but everyone kept telling me, you're such a great principal. You're so good. And and I kept thinking, why don't I love this if I'm so yeah. good at it? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, but I le- eventually left because that, like you said, that voice first started as a whisper and then mm-hmm. it just got louder and louder and louder and to, to the mm-hmm. point where I was also developing unhappy habits to kind of cope with it and everything. So I knew I had, it wasn't sustainable, you know? Yeah. And I think it, it takes courage to do this reflection and work though. So I really want to put that out there, right? For sure. It's, it's uncomfortable because a lot of times we, in terms of the topic, talking about pivoting, right? A lot of times we we like, we like our comfort zone because it's comfortable, right? Yeah. It's working for us. So Well, and it feels safe, right? You feel mm-hmm. safe in this kind of comfort, even though it's not necessarily the safest place to be mentally, you know? Um, Well, that's good segue into your topic, you know? So what are the three must-haves we've got to have in order to pivot with success and ease? I really love that you use the word ease because I think a lot of people stop, you know, pushing themselves forward because they're like, this is going to really hurt. This is going to suck. I don't want to do it. (laughs) So what do they need to pivot with success and ease, especially? Yes. Well, I talk about this in my book, it's through the three key pillars of the inspiring success story method. So the three pillars are number one, calm, number two, confidence, and number three, curiosity. Ooh. So breaking it down a bit, calm is about regulating your nervous system so that you can be grounded and secure, right? As we mentioned earlier, a lot of times we stay in our comfort zone because it feels safe, right? Our brains are wired for survival. That's physiologic, right? That's biology. Sure. And so when you're trying to pivot and do something new, it's scary. (laughs) So your brain, your body is like, don't go there, right? It's dangerous. (laughs) What are you thinking? (laughs) Yeah. So it's about really learning these tools and techniques to help you stay calm, to really calm your system down so that you don't sabotage yourself, right? To stay, stay in that comfort zone. And then confidence 
is about rewiring your brain to develop a strong sense of self-belief. So it's really about unlearning the old programming. We have had so many beliefs, right, fed to us along the way that we hold on to that has become a part of our identity. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking to pivot, depending on what it is, there's probably going to be a part of your identity that needs to be changed. Yeah. And so it's really important to be able to manage your mind, right? To really look at the beliefs that you have, especially about yourself, learning how to have your own back and to trust yourself no matter what, right? Knowing that when you pivot, it's not necessarily this like clear, straight no. path, right? <laughs> no, it's not linear. I, mean, I wish, I yeah. wish I could give you this like very nice little checklist and be like, do this, this, this in order, and then you'll get there. Right. No. <laughs> so it's, it's so important to be able to be confident in yourself and your abilities and to really trust that you have your own back, right. In all of this. And then the third part is curiosity which is about really finding creativity and really reconnecting to your true self and wisdom and bringing the fun into everything. And I think it's so important to remind ourselves to have fun. Yes. <laughs> Especially when we're going through new things, when we're experimenting, when we're trying to pivot, right? It's like when things aren't working, a lot of times, we stay focused on the problem, mm -hmm. right? And that actually just perpetuates this negativity, this problem, and this idea that it's never going to work out. And so instead, it's about bringing that lens of curiosity to really be open-minded, bringing in the mindfulness components, right? Being curious, being non-judgmental, and exploring to see what works for you, right? And being open to whatever comes up and really having fun along the way. So oh, yeah. I love that. Let me ask you this. What, what is somebody feeling, you know, what's, what's like, what, what are they kind of like wrapping their head around or like before they realize I got to make this pivot, like, where are they at? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that everyone's journey is of course a little bit different, but I think a lot of times it's that sense of unease, right? It's unhappiness, it's exhaustion, it's stress, it's overwhelm. It's, it's like, I mean, I really wish it wasn't like this, but the truth is that we don't usually like to change unless there's significant pain. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's just how, how we're wired. Okay. So I think that a lot of times, you know, it takes a lot. And that's why from the medical side of things, I saw patients who, you know, I would see them every year for physicals and they were these, they're super busy. Right. And they like live their schedule to the, like the minute. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes. then they come in. Right. And it's like, okay, done. Check that off the off the list. And and then until, and I'm like, great, you know, wanting to talk more and whatever. And they're like, oh no, I'm fine. Right. Like dismiss it and all these things mm -hmm. until 
maybe a labrazole. Maybe they just like, mm. you know, having like headaches every day. Yeah. yeah or panic or like, attacks. Or... Exactly. And so I do think uh, our body is always communicating with us. It's sending us messages, right? Dropping hints here and there because the mind and the body are not separate. Yes. It's all connected. <laughs> I love that, you know, and I think a lot of time we, you're right. It's like uh, in a case, once we're in an emergency, oh, I can't breathe. Oh, I'm, I'm having a panic attack or my blood pressure is up or I've all of a sudden gained 15 pounds. Where did these come from? Like, you know, where we're like, okay, um, kind of like shocking ourselves back. Now, when someone comes to work with you, you, I notice you're also, you're very much in for not only the physical side, but the, the mindfulness side, the, the, the whole mindset of things. Do you infuse that in your practice when you work with your clients? So currently in terms of my coaching practice, mm-hmm. I focus more on the mindset piece and bringing in various tools and techniques with mindfulness, wellness, things like that. Since coaching is not medical advice, Right. So I'm not directly somebody's physician. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so then as a, co- what made you want to become a coach? Was it like you wanted to focus more on the mindfulness of your of clients? Um, did you see the need for that? What kind of like sparked that joy to do that? Yes. So it was because, well, first off coaching helped me so much personally. Ah, I think a lot of coaches get into coaching after finding a great coach. Yes. Yes. I think the same is true for teaching. Every teacher has a teacher. They say, Oh, I love Mr. Matroni. I love this teacher. Yeah. 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 So I found coaching a couple years back and, um, I had, I had been going to therapy for a while and really appreciated it. Thought it was a great support and all the things. And then I started noticing coaching. And I was like, like a lot of people are talking about coaching. And I was like, what is this coaching thing? Right. I'm yeah. like raving about it and, and all the things. And so I finally decided to work with my first life coach and who was also a mindfulness teacher. Mm, love that. And so she was really helpful in teaching me a lot of different tools, techniques. And I really saw a dramatic shift in my overall health and well-being and also my perspective on life and the people around me noticed and it really, and since I'm so into self-help, self-development, I was like, I got to get in, you know, I want to become a coach and help others because I think so often we, we want a better life, but we don't necessarily have the resources or the means or the tools or techniques to get there. And coaching and mindfulness are great tools for people to start this process and journey so that they can really become more empowered and learn to advocate for themselves. So it really, you know, was so just made so much sense for me to become a coach. And I, I just love it. I'm so grateful to be able to do it. And I, and I just want everyone who's listening to know that if you're thinking like, Oh, everything she's saying is right you're worth it. Let me just, just get the imposter syndrome out of the way right now. You're worth it. Find Dr. Cindy (laughs) (laughs) or someone else. Now, just, just like if someone is listening, like, 
can how can they work with you? Are you is there a wait list? Like how how does are you one on one group coaching? How does your co coaching program work? So I primarily work with clients on a one on one coaching basis. I do have group coaching programs from time to time, and they're always a lot of fun. Just having that community of yeah. women, and you know, there's something about knowing that you're not alone. Right? Yes, it's validating. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I would say the best way is to visit my website at cindysimd.com. And there's some more information in terms of the latest programming and offerings and reach out. I'm available. I'm on all the social media platforms and I'm always happy to connect and share. But in the meantime, they could get your book. Yes. <laughs> Tell they us can about absolutely the book. get my book. <laughs> The book is titled, it's right here. Um, yeah, oh, there it is. So much better, so life-changing strategies to develop a calm curiosity, a calm confidence and curiosity. Yes, Love it. yes. Yeah, so this is a really good starting point. It is available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. And so I wrote the book because I kept seeing the same things come up again and again mm -hmm. with all the different clients I was working with. And I was like, well, it would be really helpful if I just wrote it all out and shared it in a very concise manner. And so I say it's, it's a book based, a self-help book based in mindfulness. And I share a ton of tools, techniques, exercises for you to start this process and journey to really improve so that your life can be so much better. Oh, I love that. And we're also going to put the link to the book in the show notes too. I bought it and I'm excited to read it. Is there an, also <laughs> an audio book available yet? That's the plan. Okay, I'm good. hoping to do one before the end of the year. So okay. stay tuned. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. And we got the TEDx talk coming out. A lot of great, exciting things happening for you. I'm really I'm excited how all of this is coming together, which brings me to my next question, because I have a lot of entrepreneurs that are kind of budding life coaches or budding off authors and everything. What came, what, what kind of like pushed you to be like, I think there's a book here. What made you have the discipline to do it? <laughs> so I actually wrote the book. It actually, I, I wrote the book in like a month. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it just flowed through me. Mm -hmm. And I think that there there's always, I would say, you know, I talk a lot about how we can live our best life with ease. Mm -hmm. And when you, I think to do that, you have to be really fully aligned with who you really are, right? Being authentic, yeah. knowing what you like, knowing what you don't like, having boundaries, saying yes, saying no, and being okay with it. And so for me, at the start of the year, I had set some goals, including write a book, including give a TEDx talk. And I'm very grateful these things have, have happened very smoothly. And I think it's, it's just important to know that you can't, I mean, sure, you can try to force things and hustle, but that's you know not what I want to recommend. No, yeah. don't, don't do that. Don't <laughs> yeah. burn out. Right. Yeah. But um, it's, it's about really being honest with yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like I really, as I write in the book, reason I'm so passionate about helping people, women, especially 
learn how to take better care of themselves, learn how to be well. It's because only when you're well, can you do your most important work in life, which is to share your (laughs) gifts, Mm -hmm. to make the world a better place. You know, like we all have our own gifts. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, especially when you're starting out, I know for me, having no background training in entrepreneurship, marketing, sales, none of that, it was scary to be like, oh my God, this whole new world, like so much going on. Um, and, And so it can be, you know, you can look at other people, what they're doing and be like, oh, I should do that or this and that. And and that can be really distracting. And it can also be really stressful. (laughs) So I, I would say that, you know, even though it's, I think everyone has really amazing, important stories and wisdom to share. But I would say the most important thing is to make sure it's aligned with who you are right? Yeah. Do things that feel good to you mm-hmm. and give yourself permission to do that. Right. It's like, if yeah. you don't want, if you don't like to write, then don't write a book, you know, maybe do an audio <laughs> book, right? Like do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's so many other ways, like you get to make it your own. Right. So that's, really, that's how you can shine. Yeah. That's, that's really, really good advice. Um, I think a lot of times when people are starting out, especially women, we have to do all the things, all the things, all the things. And it's just, and I'm very much against the hustle mentality of approach and everything. I believe we should be more intentional and things and take the time. Um, and I found that the money will flow if you put in the intention, right? If you take the time, it's not going to flow if you're frantically running around like, oh, I got to do that. I got to post on social. Yes. Like, like I got to respond. I gotta- yeah, your because time, you're not actually present, right? Yes. When you're just like running around. And then when you're not fully present, you're not able to show who you really are. And I think when you're talking about business and sales, you will attract the people who are meant to work with you. Absolutely. Right? When you're Absolutely. able to be who you really are. Mm-hmm. I, th- I completely agree. I think also what you're seeking is seeking you you know, partner, whether it be partnerships, um, you know, collaborations, anything, a new, new friend, a new spouse, whatever, not new, maybe, (laughs) maybe the spouse, (laughs) whatever your jam, whatever works. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Whatever you are at what stage in life, (laughs) Um, make yourself a priority. I think that's, this has been really, really great. And I want everyone to dive in deeper to Dr. Cindy's advice. I like that. I call you Dr. Cindy. I should probably call you Dr. Cindy, sigh, sorry, <laughs> but uh, we're best friends now, everyone. So, I love it. <laughs> but before we go, we always get carried away. Um, first off, find the book at Amazon. We're going to put that in the show notes as well. Cindy, um, for the website and it'll all be in the notes. So if you're driving right now, don't look at your phone, wait to park and then click the link. Um, but let's get carried away now um, during the pandemic. <laughs> Everybody kind of developed um, new habits, new discovered new things. You know, some people were baking, some people were sewing, some people were doing TikToks, you know, like how did, what's something you got carried away with or that you just love to do that some people can't really quite understand? <laughs> you Something new during the pandemic? Anytime. Just, what's something you love that people are just kind of like, okay, that's a Cindy thing. <laughs> I recently came across this, this, um, arts and craft 
thing called diamond art. Oh, no, if you tell it, no, what is this? Well, it sounds fancy, but it basically (laughs) where they're like tiny beads and you literally glue them on onto this, like, you know, printed poster paper and create this, um, this. So it create, it has a texture on it then if they're made with Mm -hmm. beads, Mm -hmm. how big are the beads? Are they really tiny? They're tiny. They are. Um, let me see if I have a, so it's kind of sparkles. I mean, I'm still in process because it's like, you literally do like one at a time. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) But it was very meditative actually, you know, it's like, kind of a mindless thing to do, but you're also like focused because you're like wanting to get it to the right spot. Yeah. I love, nobody's ever said that. You're the first person to say that. (laughs) Yeah, I found it when I was like shopping through, strolling through Michael's and I was like, I just want to do something like creative, but not necessarily get my hands dirty. You're messy. (laughs) Right. No, I do. First off, Michael's is very, very dangerous for me, especially this time of year leading up to Halloween. But I do the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to bake a cake and I'm going to use all of this fondant and I'm going to do all these, I'm going to be a flower floral designer. I'm going to make, I love it. And they always have good coupons. So it's hard. It's hard. Michael's every time should be a sponsor of this podcast as much as I go there. Oh my gosh. I love it. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> the uh, And now my opposite question, the opposite side of getting carried away. What is something that people you know are obsessed about? They get really, really crazy, and, and but you can't really wrap your head around. I'll give you an example. I can't stand tomatoes. I cannot stand tomatoes at all. People love tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes and I don't like camping. People love camping. They like bringing tomatoes camping, I'm sure. But <laughs> those are my two things. No camping, no tomatoes, and definitely not together. Any kind of tomato? No tomatoes. Mm -mm. That's so interesting. I actually have a friend who cannot do tomatoes and ketchup. Like she's that's. I could do tomato sauce, like on pizza. Okay, that I'm okay with. But like a raw, not like actual. Yeah. Oh no, beefsteak, tomato. Um, in terms of food, I would say olives are not my thing. Mm, yeah you know I'm with there you are people who like that um I also don't like camping so we're, we're on that. we won't but, be going camping together <laughs> um oh Star Wars <laughs> not a fan I've never watched any Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah I just am like great and people are obsessed with Star they Wars are so you know. into it yeah, yeah. there's yeah. entire worlds at Disneyland built around Star Wars <laughs> a whole marketing machine I have seen all the movies um I grew up watching Star Wars but then I my son all of a sudden became involved and I was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I some people have said Star Wars before that or um what's oh Marvel the Marvel universe of all oh, the okay. you know, Captain America like they just don't they don't get it don't get it well that was really great answers I love that um what's the other shoot see I don't really I don't watch never mind it might come to me but I was gonna say yeah. there's that other HBO show that everyone loves game of thrones yeah yeah so that's not i've never seen it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a big one a lot of people have actually said game of thrones i don't get it 
it's it's really violent. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a lot. Um, um, I hear it's a good show though, but yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, <laughs> not my jam either. So that's a couple of things we have in common. We're not going to go camping. We're going to be in a posh hotel room. You're going to yep. work on my mindset. <laughs> Full side. Not going to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> no tomatoes or olives. Nope. Yep. Full side. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and being my guest. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, again, any way you want to get um, in contact with Dr. Cindy will be in our show notes as well as on if you are watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, comment, give us your feedback. If you have a question, write it in the comments and we'll make sure to send it over to Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. 